And a lot of times, if you if, if you believe in God and know that he is trustworthy, he has your best interests at heart. Yeah. It might not feel like it. It might not seem like it. Because a lot of times, the things that we pray for and the things that we think this is how this is go, mm-hmm. God has something totally different. Hey everyone, this is Ralph, and you are listening to Refined and Refresh. Uh, we have an awesome—I have an awesome guest today. Uh, got to know this brother um, last year, actually, uh, and we, I know our—I think our relationship is still going to continue to grow. Um, his name is Chalmer Williams. Uh, he has his own podcast. He's a, he's also an author, but I'm not gonna uh, you know give the whole spiel about him. I'm gonna let him do that himself. So uh, welcome to the show, Chalmer, and. Uh, Man, just tell us a little bit about yourself, man, and um, uh, things that I guess you know, a little quirks or something like that. Give us something, anything. <laughs> well, hello there, uh, re- refined and refreshed audience. My name, like you said, is Chalmer Williams. Um, I am uh, many things, but I'll start off by saying, you know, I'm a man of God, a child of God. Um, a person that believes in Jesus Christ and and just holds a deep relationship relationship with Him, and through that, births many things. And yeah. and you know, one of the quirks about me is I was before I was an author, before I was a podcaster, I was a comedian. <laughs> Legit. So I used to be in the comedy clubs and 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 things of that nature and the family reunions and just anywhere where somebody would give me a stage and I used to perform jokes and, and make <laughs> people make people laugh and from from the looks of Roth, uh, Roth over here it's not that hard <laughs> he, he, he's been laughing at me since day one so <laughs> that's what you know and so um you know that's one thing about me and so um that people might not know um and so i'm just happy to be a part of uh refined and refreshed podcast and uh yeah i'm 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 coming all the way from texas all legit man see i didn't even know that you were uh the comedian which makes sense with your book uh fighting for a laugh uh so what what was what was your best um stand-up show like one where you like i killed it I knocked out the part. Okay, so my best stand-up show was like really the first year into comedy. Mm. And this was this was like around 2008. That was like that's when I officially started, right? Yeah. So I only had like a 5-minute bit, but it was so strong <laughs> that wherever I went, it would just, it would just bring the house down. And I was like, man, I got something. Yeah. And it was really just bit centered around Obama and being politically incorrect. And <laughs> uh, it, 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 it was just, it was just fire, like just straight fire. Everywhere I performed that joke, I used to just get laughter and laughter nonstop. And it was, it was kind of like a big deal, kind of like now in, in 2021 and 2020 with the election. And mm-hmm. so I probably performed that, those jokes up until 
Obama was inaugurated wow. <laughs> wow. here. And after that, I had to stop because he wasn't <laughs> airing no more commercials <laughs> about, you know, this has been a paid ad by Obama. So it didn't yeah. even make sense to continue it. But those I remember were were some of my like best bits where it was just laughter nonstop, nonstop. Man. You had to tell me one offline or something, offline or something, man. One yeah, days. man. What I would tell you, because I'm not gonna tell people always like, tell me a joke right now. Like it just if you're not coming to laugh, then you might not laugh. Yeah, That's yeah. What I would suggest is if you want to hear any of my old comedy, go to YouTube, type okay. my name, Chalmer Williams. That's C-H-A-L-M-E-R, last name Williams, and you can see bits from 10, 12 years ago up into like two years ago legit, um, and because i have my own youtube channel i don't use it a lot but i'm starting to now as i'm you know expanding this podcast so it has comedy on there it has pot it has podcasts it has messages it just incorporates all my you know gifts and, and talents man that's what's up man i'm definitely gonna check it out man um probably before i go to bed <laughs> but uh so is, is that what your um I mean, your book is called Fighting for a Laugh. Uh, is this is is that sort of the premise of the book or is that a whole different the title? Is it, it does it come from a whole different place? OK, so so fighting for a laugh is a double meaning. Hmm. I basically got in trouble in school for trying to make someone laugh and they took it the wrong way. And henceforth, wow. we end up fighting. But it's also a saying of sense of some of the many trials and trauma that I was going through and the reason, the backdrop of why I wanted people to laugh at me, mm -hmm. which was a, a coping and a defensive mechanism for all the many things that I was going through in my mm. community to get heard, mm. to get my voice heard. And so the only way I felt like at the time I could get my voice heard was through laughter. I wasn't mm. the best athlete. I wasn't the person in the choir, but I wasn't a, a gang member. I wasn't yeah. the person selling drugs. I was just a funny person. And <laughs> that was the only way I could get my voice heard so people could listen to me and pay attention. So fighting for a laugh, the title uh, to me has a double meaning and, it's on Amazon right now if you want to buy it um, paperback or ebook. Legit, man. That's awesome. And and I was reading a little bit of it and you talk about in that fight and you know where that led that you didn't think that that would become part of your life narrative. Just that phrase life narrative. Uh, it kind of stood out to me cuz I'm like, wow, and you know, I've heard of, you know, different ways I guess of saying it. Uh, but for those who are unfamiliar, what is like, what does life narrative even mean? For me, life narrative means your storyline, your storyline that starts how your life is going to be changed, how it's going to be impacted, how maybe it's going to be altered. Mm -hmm. This is a part of my life narrative. There are oftentimes significant moments in your life where you are at a crossroads whether good or bad yeah you know that you can go this way or you can go this way and this was where my life narrative starts sure was there things that happened to me 
before I was 17, good or bad? Absolutely. But this one was significant because this was a mm-hmm. defining moment that could have shaped the rest of my life. Like, I'm not going to give away the book, but there's a lot of things in that book for the average person they can't recover from. Yeah. Like they're still living it, living those, those traumatic moments out as an adult now, like, man, if Mm. this wouldn't have happened to me when I was 17, I'll probably be boom, 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 boom. You know what I mean? I'll probably be over here, but for me, it happened. But through the grace of God, through people in my life, it didn't, it didn't change it. It actually propelled me into, into success. Legit, man. And I, the thought just came to my mind of, because uh, you said, even for like the ad, there's still people who are going through things that you went through, but you know, you by God's grace, you've been able to come out of it. What are, what were the practical steps of that? Like, how did you come from dealing with or being at that defining moment in your life, those crossroad moments? How did you get from that to being able to come out on the other side to where you don't have to, uh, where you're not like stuck in the perpetual cycle of um, uh, those, I guess, traumatic events that won't allow someone else to continue to go forward. How did you cross over that bridge, I guess? Well, I think one, you have to get out of denial. Mm. I think you have to realize that, man, if I keep going in this direction, this is where it's going to lead me. Mm. Like, if you're not at that point, then no matter what you say, tell yourself, you're still going to keep going in that perpetual cycle of negativity. Mm. When I was 17, 18, sitting in county jail, then getting transferred to juvenile detention center, I told myself that this is what happens when you tiptoe the line between living a real negative lifestyle and living a real positive lifestyle. Cause you got to choose. Yeah, that's good. You see what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. I was kind of just tiptoeing both. Like I knew drug dealers, but I also knew people on the honor roll. I knew people that was getting (laughs) kicked out of school, but I also knew people that were going to college. And I was just kind of in the middle. And Mm -hmm. that moment defined like, okay, now you're on the other side. Yeah. you're, You're inside of a cell and there is no more, people that are telling you to go to class. There is no more people that are, you know, telling you to apply to college and, mm-hmm. and, and do the right thing. That's over. So now you're going to have to choose. You're going to have to make a choice and say, I can't choose to live my life like this. Mm-hmm. Laughter cannot be the only thing that defines me. Disrupting the class cannot be the only thing that define me getting Mm. cheap laughs because I'm broken or because I'm hurt is going to cost me more than I realize. Mm. So that was for me is the realization that I have to choose one. Either I'm going to be this person and it's going to end up fighting people because I'm pissing people off uh I'm, I'm getting kicked out of class um you know what i mean but on the yeah. flip side in high school you're getting popularity people loving you <laughs> making people laugh and you're, you're the funny dude and all of this stuff or i'm gonna say 
I'm only going to laugh when necessary, which, you know, started getting into drama class, started getting yeah. into plays and things like that. And I'm really going to focus in on my school, graduating high school on time, enrolling into college and just moving on to the next chapter. Mm. So really, I think the second thing I would tell somebody if they were listening is having foresight. Like, what do you see beyond just what's in front of you? Legit. Because what's in front of you is just temporary. Yeah. Because life is always changing. So when did you come to the realization of like what defines you? Because you mentioned you mentioned that a couple of times about how uh, la- uh, making people laugh or uh, being a funny dude. It's not what you know. Uh, it's just going to be what the anchor that holds you down. You're defining uh, de- the definition of who you are. Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? And what and like what defines you now? Like, you know, where's where are you at with that? Well, man, I I still like making people laugh because you know what? It's a part of who I am. Mm -hmm. And you can never negate how you were wired. You see what I'm saying? God gives everybody a certain personality, a certain this, a certain that. I mean, we've seen the Disney movie Soul. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've all seen it over Christmas break. We know how it goes. But it ain't Terry, it's God that's creating the DNA for us. You feel what I'm saying? God named Terry and Jerry. It's it's God (laughs) that's doing that. Okay. Sorry, Disney, but that's just what it is. Uh Uh-huh. And so in this thing called life, we're always redefining ourselves and redefining ourselves because a wise man once told me if you're the same person that you were 10 years ago, there's a problem. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a problem. And so I'm all, I was always redefining myself into manhood. Mm. But I think what really took hold of where my values lie, to answer your question, is that now I'm redefined by what who Christ says about me. Mm. Who Christ on, says it. about me. That I'm a, I'm a child of God. That I will be the head, not the tail. That... God loves me no matter if I'm funny or if I'm not funny. God loves me in my darkest moments. Mm -hmm. I don't have to earn his love. He just loves me unconditionally. Yeah. Love me when I was a sinner. (laughs) He loved me when I was in, 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 in juvenile detention center and kicked out of school. He loved me in all those moments. So I choose to live my life to be a reflection of God, to show people that, look, look at my life, look at my books, look at what I've done. Mm-hmm. This is all to give God the glory and show people that I'm still me, mm-hmm. but I'm a better me than yeah. what I was when I was 17 or or, or, or 27 or something like that. I'm, I'm, I'm getting better, but I'm getting better because I'm looking more and more like Jesus, who we model after. Mm, that's awesome stuff, man. And you mentioned manhood, so I'm just going to like kind of <laughs> pivot to that way. Okay. So speaking of manhood, uh, you do have your podcast, Father Fatherhood Fridays, uh, which is, I, I love the intro. I, I don't know how you do that intro, but it's legit, man. I love it. <laughs> Are you talking about with the with the sample music? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
yeah. I was like, this man must have put a lot of a lot of lab work for this man. I, that's, Deep that's down awesome. inside, I really want to be a music producer, but don't tell nobody. Okay. <laughs> I'm not a music producer, so if somebody's listening, be like, hey man, send me some beats. I'm not even gonna know what you're talking about. I'm really a podcast producer. Yeah. So I figure out in my mind how I want my podcast to sound. And then I build it from there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's awesome, man. I love the intro. Um, yeah, so how did you, like, why Fatherhood Fridays? And where did that come from? Is that part of, like, going into manhood and, like, you know, being becoming a father yourself, um, seeing the, you know, the intricacies and the dynamics and complexities uh, that <laughs> that fatherhood, that fa- being a father has? Uh, what ber- gave birth to this idea to even start that podcast? Well, I mean, it, w- it was a few things. And I think to your point, it was, yeah, what you're saying, seeing the intricacies, seeing the inadequacies, seeing how fatherhood and being a dad sometimes has a negative connotation, mm. right? So yeah. seeing all those things, but not thinking that as a first idea. You know mm. what I was thinking about if I was to be truthful? Yeah. People always told me that you have a voice for radio. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I always took it, especially being a comedian and, 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 and doing, you know, little acting here and there. I was like, man, I I, want to get on the radio, but the radio industry is a hard industry to break into. And it didn't, you know, at those times, it didn't matter what connect I knew, what person, it just like, I could never break in. I would be in the station. Mm -hmm. I would be getting a tour. (laughs) I might even make somebody some coffee, but it would never be to a point where they'd be like, yeah, we're going to intern you. Yeah, yeah. One day I woke up and I was just, somebody told me like, why are you waiting on a radio station? Why don't you just start your own? Wow. I'm like, how am I going to do that? It was like podcast. And that's when the light bulb went off, like, ding, I'm going to start my <laughs> own podcast. Yeah. So from there, it was just like, okay, so what am I going to talk about? Mm-hmm. And I really just prayed on it. And through the inspiration of a good friend of mine, uh, Anthony Wilson from Shore Foundation Community Fellowship. He, um, I was under the tutelage, uh, a spiritual tutelage of him for a long time. And he told me way back when he was like, man, you have a ministry for men. And mm-hmm. I kind of just looked at him like, yeah, whatever. I didn't really <laughs> take it. But as I was thinking about my podcast, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take this leap of faith. And I'm going to be, I'm going to make this podcast dedicated to men. But I was like, well, what am I going to talk about? And that's when fatherhood kicked in. Yeah. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a dad. My kids are very young and I'm going to be a dad the rest of my life. So this is something that is going to be easy to talk about because I'm going to be pulling from my own experiences, my own research, um, uh, you know, being out of college for a few years now, not a, a lot of my friends are dads. And so yeah. it just felt, it felt natural to just say, okay, I'm going to talk about fatherhood. Am I a father yeah. expert? No, but I, I, I come from a real place. I come from a place of transparency. 
Um, but I also come from a place of, of, of knowing God and knowing what it looks like to be in relationship with God and, and, mm-hmm. and to your episode, you know, that father and son connection. And so that's what, in short, um, birthed Fatherhood Fridays. And, you know, mm-hmm. I've been doing it now for a year and a half and I'm the host, I'm the editor, <laughs> I'm the podcast producer, I'm the PR person. So yeah. if anybody wants to be on my podcast, you don't have to email anybody else. You just come directly <laughs> to me and we can figure it out from there. <laughs> yes, indeed, man. Man, and and I agree with you, man. It's so needed. Um, I there, There's like no, <laughs> I mean, there's books, like before becoming a father myself, uh, you know, I was, I, I, I kind of like to prepare, you know, as best as I can. So, you know, reading books and everything else like that, you know, we, me and my wife looking up articles, like what to expect and all this stuff like that. But man, it doesn't, even all that stuff don't prepare you for the real, <laughs> real thing. You can, it's just like swimming. You could read all the books about swimming and backstroke and all that, but it's not until you get in the mm-hmm. water. Yeah. When it becomes real. is when it becomes real and and the thing about fatherhood in my opinion we're already nine months behind Mm -hmm. because the woman has been carrying the baby for nine months so she's already making a bond a connection a a, a love so by the time the the baby is born you're already nine months behind (laughs) trying to figure out what am i gonna do (laughs) you know what i'm saying yeah man but it's so true i remember um i remember when we were we flew out to colorado because my wife you know she was just about to start working again after having our child uh our firstborn and so we were out there and she was doing her training for about a week and i took off from work and this was the first time that i would i had to be with my son Mm -hmm. all day uh because she was a trainer all day because before then i was you know go to work you know take public transportation come home you know i get home about like 6 p.m you know and then it's basically he going to bed Mm -hmm. you know so she didn't done all the heavy lifting yeah yeah and i thought i like i thought i knew my child i thought i knew tobias because you know you know i'm at the house on the weekend and stuff like we're at the house and stuff like that but man you're right. I when I had him that whole week, I was like, I don't know my son, because <laughs> like I, you know, just because you live with them, you don't, you know, this whole person, you know, this is a he has a personality, he has all these different things like yeah. that. Uh, so it's so true, man. Uh, it's that catch up of getting to know, and that's when I realized I was like, man, uh, I have to find something, do something different in order to like actually make more time for my son for my daughter now uh, mm-hmm. and stuff like that because you know being the father that father figure is really key yeah so man with that man what's like what's one of your the your greatest moments or your happiest moments about being a father you know what to be truthful one of my happiest moments is now bro mm. and why i say that is because covid the coronavirus, everything that happened in 2020 allowed me to be present 
and not only present, engaged in a way that I wouldn't allow myself to be. Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing, Ralph, and maybe you can relate to this. A lot of times with fatherhood and being a dad, we kind of just think that being present is enough. Mm -hmm. Right? I'm here. <laughs> I'm in the house. I'm over here. You know what I mean? On the computer. Yeah. I'm good. My, my son is in the crib or he's in the, you know, car seat while I'm, you know, on the computer. I'm good. But mm -hmm. if we're going to thrive in this thing called being a dad or being a father, we got to be engaged, man. And so 2020, just to be 100 with you, you know, I lost I lost my job due to the coronavirus. Mm. And so my kids were here at home. And so now I went from, you know, touch and go, just wanting to be present by choice because feeling like that's just enough to now I'm full, 10 toes in, deep yeah. in the water, um, was being, you know, the virtual teacher to my kids, making mm -hmm. lunch, you know what I mean? Going beyond just being a disciplinary figure, but loving on them, reading them Bible stories, just doing all the things that were really uh, outside of my comfort zone. But you know what it did? It, it grew me yeah. and through those growing pains. And it wasn't easy because there was days <laughs> the, my kids was getting the best of me. I'm over in the corner crying. <laughs> you know what I mean? I need a, I need a timeout. Yeah, just, yeah. Just, you know what I mean? Get my head back in the game because I'm like, this is too much. <laughs> this is too much. Like I have a boy and a girl and they are two years apart yeah. and you know, they, they, they're active, you know, oh yeah, they're active. And so, you know, I grew a greater respect for stay at home moms. I grew a greater respect for teachers because it's hard, man. Yeah, It's hard to, and as one uh, pastor told me, uh, pastor Phil, it's harder the it's harder to influence versus control. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you want to influence your child. You don't want to control them. You mm. want to influence them and getting them to the point where they're being influenced by what you say, even though you got to say it a hundred times because they're <laughs> seven and five or eight and six or, you know, something like that takes a lot of patience and you know what I mean? But isn't that what Second Corinthians says? Love is patient. Yeah. Love, patient, Love is kind. kind. Yes, sir. <laughs> Love keeps track of no wrongdoing. So, mm -hmm. you know, 2020, even though it was rough for me and, and my wife, you know, I was venting to her on a lot of days. It, <laughs> it was probably one of the best things that could have happened to me because, like I said, I went from engaging. I mean, I went from being present to now engaging, involved, and doing the things that to some dads would feel like that's what a woman's supposed to do. Mm -hmm. But I'm gonna tell you something. I've been thinking about this as you you know sent me questions. Yeah, is that if any dad is listening out here, if you're going to thrive, not survive, in this thing called being a dad or being a father in 2021, not mm -hmm. 1991, not 2001. But 2021, if you're going to thrive, 
it's not enough to be present. Hmm. It, it's not enough to be present. You got to be engaged. You got to be involved. You you got to know your kid better than they know themselves. Yeah, man. And it's nothing wrong with that because that is a reflection of Jesus. Yeah. Jesus is engaged. Jesus is involved, whether you feel him or not. <laughs> you, you feel me? Yeah. He, he's involved. He He wants a relationship with you. And so if you're going to thrive, then you're going to have to humble yourself and say, I'm going to get 10 toes in and, and, and do this so that my kids can have the best version of me. If you're not, then just keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing yeah. what you see. <laughs> just go to work, come home. Oh, I pay bills. You know what I'm saying? I do this and that, but that is, it's not going to be enough. It's mm-hmm. not going to be enough. You're going to be surviving in fatherhood instead of thriving in fatherhood. Man, that that's that's a whole that's a whole talk in itself, man. Like that's a that's a whole teaching series right there, man. Like, <laughs> there you go. And yeah. you can subscribe right now. To no, right. Fridays <laughs> coming out every Friday. Yes, indeed. On any podcast platform. <laughs> Seriously, man. That that's legit, man. And it gets it gets me thinking about the thing you mentioned earlier about those defining moments, like, um like you say, you lost your job, you know, it was a, a defining moment of you. Like, how are you, are you going to respond based off your response? It'll determine which way you go. And so I want to just kind of talk about that a little bit, you know, as we come in for, I guess, the landing of mm-hmm. the, the close of the show, um, the defining moment, because I think right now uh, coming off the hills of 2020, coming off the heels of the thing that happened in DC. Mm-hmm. Um, Crazy. I think we're all at a defining moment individually, but also as a, uh, as a society. And the, the question I ask myself is like, man, where do we go from here? What becomes of us? I feel like we ask that question so many times, you know? Um, so I just want to, uh, I guess, throw the ball in your court of like, what would you say if like, for those who are listening now and they are, uh, they've been through the thing you've been through, whether they either lost a job uh, due to the pandemic uh, or they're uh, going through because uh, just all the external stressors, internal stressors of being at home all the time, being in the four uh, walls of the house. What would you say to uh, those who are like at their defining moment? And uh, just, I guess, some some sort of encouragement, advice, wisdom, whatever, man, whatever you want it to be. What would you say to people like that? What I would say is at the end of the day, for real, for real, The only thing you can control is yourself. You can't control if you lose your job. You can't control if people want to infiltrate the White House and protest and riot. You can't if you can't control if your city get burned down. You can't you can't even control if your son or daughter has an accident late at night. You can't control that. But what you can control is your response. Mm-hmm. It's not about what happens to you. It's about how you respond. And a lot of times, if you if, if you believe in God and know that he is trustworthy, he has your best interests at heart. Yeah, It might not feel like it. It might not seem like it. Because a lot of times, the things that we 
pray for and the things that we think this is how this is go, mm-hmm. God has something totally different. It's still going to be a, a blessing, but it's not how you imagined it. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I was telling my wife the other, uh, just uh, earlier today or yesterday, I said, man, coming off of 2020, I feel like I've earned my stripes in being a fatherhood. So if somebody wants to listen to my podcast, I'm not only talking, but I'm talking from a real place, mm-hmm. from a person that it was and still is to a certain extent a stay-at-home dad. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Did I ever envision myself to be a stay-at-home dad? No. I'm just like you and me. Yeah. I, wanted, I wanted to work, provide. I wanted to, you know, have a savings and give my family the the the, the best that, that life can offer. Mm-hmm. But you see how much I'm really in control. Yeah. And so my to my second point, my second thing of wisdom is you got to be flexible. Mm. Because the Bible says whatever will be shaken can be shaken. Yeah, that's true. And the only thing that will stand is the things that remain true. Mm. And we know that to be true because think about it. I don't know about your city, but in my city just last year, and I'm and I'm cracking a joke when I say this, they were running out of pennies. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? They yeah, were yeah. running out of pennies out here. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like pennies. We're, we're talking about no more pennies left. <laughs> Not even a sit. That's funny. Right. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So anything of this world that can be shaken will be shaken. But the only thing that will stand true is the word of God. Yeah. And so if you trust God, if you believe God, that he died for your sins as a father, as a man, as anybody that's listening, then you're going you're gonna to be fine. You're going to be fine. And I'm not saying that because it sounds nice. I'm saying that because it comes from a real place. Like I left on a post on Facebook that this might sound strange to some, but this year, 2020 was a blessing in disguise. Mm. Ribboned in chaos. Mm. That's one one of those say moments, man. Right. And I'm going to just end it there. If you think, if you really reflect on 2020 for the, for the people of God, this was a blessing in disguise for me. Mm. Yeah. I lost my job, but you know what? I feel like I've had more not working than when I was working. I feel like I've accomplished more in my purpose, not just with the podcast, but in my marriage with my kids, with my uh, relationship with God, I've accomplished more in 2020 than I would in 2019, 2018, just not working. Mm. And so I have to understand that because of God's mercy and grace, he saw it fit for me not to work in 2020 around the same time that I'm still airing weekly podcasts. At the same time, I still dropped my book. Wow. Matter of fact, matter of fact, I'm giving you my testimony. And I'll end it here. Yeah. I dropped the book Fighting for a Laugh 
a few days before they let me go. <laughs> wow. And I didn't even know it was going to happen that way. I dropped my book the end of March. And by April 1st, I was laid off. Wow. And God has still been providing through my family, through one income, one income. And I guess you could say stimulus and other, other, you know, factors that I won't discuss, but he has kept me. Yeah. He has kept my family and we have not only been survived, but we're, we, we are thriving. And I believe we're going to continue to thrive. And this, this is my testimony. This is my story. And I'm going to end it right there, brother. Cause I know you, we only got 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, praise God, man. Thanks for sharing that, bro. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Ribbon to chaos. Wow. I'm a, I'm a poet. I, I write poetry. And so that's like, really? Yeah. That, that speaks a lot to me. Uh, so that's awesome, man. Yeah, man. This, this if, if if we are believers, this is nothing new. If you mm -hmm. look in the Bible, stuff like this happened all the time. But you see the people that believed, the people that had the blood on the doorposts, they mm -hmm. were protected. Yeah. And I'm not gonna say it was just super easy, but they weren't going they weren't going through the same things that the people that didn't believe and the people that didn't have the blood on the doorpost. So mm -hmm. I'm just going to say, be, be encouraged out there, refined and refreshed followers, be encouraged out there, Fatherhood Friday fans, because we're going we gonna to get through the, we're going to get on the other side. But in the midst of getting on the other side, which is the promises or the promised land, I'm going to just say the promises, we got to get through the wilderness and the wilderness mm. is, is, is the place of training and is the place of development. Because That's God right. can't bless you with everything if, if, if you're not mature enough to handle it, if you're not developed, if, if you're not trained for what's ahead. Because it doesn't end with the promised land. It doesn't. That's good. That's what we're going to do. We're going to around. I know, I right? you a part two or something. I know, right? <laughs> Awesomeness, man. Uh, so what I usually ask the guests who come on is, man, uh, we talked about a lot, and I don't know uh a certain thing to hone in on but if you wouldn't mind closing us out in prayer that'd be awesome uh you could pray about the father like fatherhood you could pray about the, the defining moments i mean whatever however god leads you man um so would you mind doing that absolutely awesome man all right heavenly father we just come to you um just just two men of god wanting to seek your face and, and right now we just say thank you. We say thank you for who you are in our lives. We say thank you for the people that are listening, the people that are going to be impacted by, by this episode. And I am just praying uh, just for this nation. Um, I'm reminded of uh, Chronicles that says, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and seek my faith and turn from their wicked ways, from there, I will heal their land. And so we have to turn from those things that do not represent you. We have to turn towards you. And so I, I pray for those, those, those fathers. I pray for those mothers. I pray for those men and women um, that are struggling, that are struggling with the defining moment of which way to turn. I pray that you, they hear you clearly 
on the direction that you order their steps. I'm reminded in, uh, you see the Psalms of Proverbs that a man plans, but God orders the steps, that you order their steps in the direction of what you have called them in this season. I pray um, for um, this podcast. I pray that it continues to expand and grow um, so that you can get the honor and you can get the glory um, in Jesus' name. Amen.